is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. The dulcet tone you hear is not Adam Azer, not the squeaky Azer. It is, uh, I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the Pick 6 NFL podcast, occasional guest on FFT, and this is the uh, Pick 6 NFL podcast takeover, basically a bonus episode um, of FFT. For those who have never heard the Pick 6 podcast, I would encourage you to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe. It is a daily NFL podcast packed with news, notes, information, occasional tangents, and a splash of mirth. Also joining me from the Pick 6 Podcast, my good friend, Sean Wagner-McGuff. It's weird to be here, like, sitting across from you. It is. You're, and you're wearing, like, an actual shirt instead of a tank top. Exactly. Nice. And, of course, the star of uh, CBS Sports HQ, Fantasy Football Today. And uh, I, I was told by a higher up earlier today that the best Twitter guy on, on our team, Jamie Eisenberg. All of those were lies. What the hell is happening? I'm just lying. Were you, here, were right? you offended, Brinson? That nobody actually said that. I'm just, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, well, first off, Sean, thank you for, you know, coming on the, uh, <laughs> fantasy football today podcast. I'm just impressed that Will's not on vacation because he takes <laughs> more vacation time, especially during football season than anybody I've ever met. But it did result, my vacation did result in a, the opportunity for, so I did Jim Rome's uh, show earlier. Well, oh, there we go. There. Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. He, he asked me, he goes, he's, he's his radio show. He's like, Explain to me this, there's no law when you're drinking the claw story. And uh, so I got to tell that on radio. So that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Th- this is what you get on the Pick 6 podcast. Exactly. The, the tangents that he This described. is a short one. Oh, real. I know. I'm like holding it in. I'm like fighting it off. Don't worry. This will not replace any normal fantasy football today schedule. Well, you can replace Azer. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I love Azer. You know, do, do, so uh, let's find out if he listens to this podcast. So do you know about the gag? Oh, he will listen. Do you know about the gag I've been doing on my podcast, on the Pick 6 podcast? No. Every day I plug fantasy football today, but I will not use Azer's name. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, uh, like, like, I'll be like, it's like, oh, Heath, like Chris Towers, like Ben Gretsch, <laughs> Dave Richard, Nando. Coming, the, the Nando, yes, everybody. <laughs> and then like, I think that's everybody. And then keep moving on. Mm. Um, it, it fitting. I think Azer would, uh, would, would appreciate it. This is again, just a bonus episode. It'll also be up on the Pick Six podcast feed. Uh, you should check that out. We're doing a fantasy week right now. Jamie, Dave, and Heath are joining us throughout the week. And then next week we'll be do, uh, doing gambling week as we bring in people to help you win money throughout the season there's lots of fantasy chatter and gambling chatter throughout the year so uh it's your wheelhouse if you like uh if you like football anyway this is our did we're you gonna... just spit on your microphone no there's a uh there's a there's a there's a hair on my microphone the hair on your off. microphone it's, it's the loose implant it's probably one of azer's yeah. cats cat hairs azer doesn't do his shows from here buddy well, he, he's gonna be here tomorrow he will Today. be here tomorrow i don't um, think he's bringing his cats i wouldn't be surprised if he, <laughs> it wouldn't be surprised if adam if you told me adam azer had a um, uh, what's the thing when you take him on the airplane? Uh, the you take a, you take a, like your dog support animal. If you oh, told yes. me that Adam Major had like a registered support cat, I would believe it. He probably does. He probably does. Zoe, I think is uh, is registered. Oh, good for Zoe. Anyway, we're gonna give our fantasy takes. Sean and I are gonna give our fantasy takes, and then I Jamie. Hope just Sean, you don't want mine. Eh. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> Jamie's going to tell us if they're good or bad. Mine is just me talking about how I steal Curtis Samuel from you in every draft, <laughs> except the one that matters. So annoying. Um, I'll because start. You live in Carolina, it's the only reason you know about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely true. <laughs> um, I'll start. Marlon Mack will be a top ten running back 
in both standard and PPR formats. I like it. I, I hope the guy handing off to him is there. Yeah. And, and not. Bye, Bo, by the way. That the, <laughs> Sean, Sis, a... Sean's sister played like, uh, college soccer and. Prefer... Uh, I think we're talking about a different sister, if I know where you're going with this. Uh, oh, it's a different sister. We had the yeah. same injury as Andrew Luck. Oh. Yeah, she had an extra bone in her foot, and she was actually really good. She probably could have gone on to play in college, um, but she had to stop playing by her freshman year of high school because she had multiple surgeries. She had it in both feet, which is oh, wow. incredibly rare, mm. and she had surgery to take them out, and it still didn't uh, alleviate the pain. I mean, that's kind of it's kind of terrifying for Luck's long term prognosis. Do you like if Luck doesn't play? Do you think how much would you downgrade Marlon Mack? I would downgrade him, but I think that they would morph into more of a run-based team. And so if that offensive line is as good as I think it is, which, you know, last year we got a chance to see them play at a very high level, then I think he's still a number two running back, but not to the level of what you think he can get to. With Andrew Luck, I would not be surprised if he gets there. Certainly a non-PPR. You know, the problem with him is your favorite player of all time, Naheem Hines, yeah. comes in and good takes friend. away. Good friend of mine. Um, I'm sure. Goes to the oyster uh Princeton Family Ocean yeah, That's right. Yes. We were Aunt Molly's pumpkin farm. As you Welcome to the Princeton compound. This is <laughs> Naheem Hines. Um, <laughs> I think uh, it'll be tough for him, you know, clearly to get to those heights in, in, in PPR with or without luck. But I'm still optimistic that luck is going to be there for week one. Hmm. What do you think about Marlon Mack, Sean? I mean, I think the, the good thing the Colts have going for them is that I don't want to touch a Colts player right now because of the Andrew Luck situation, but it's not like they have, you know, an unproven backup there. And like we saw what they did with Jacoby Brissett. I think the drop off is big, but to Jamie's point, for a running back, it's almost not, not as important because they're right. going to just feed him the ball and try to take the ball out of the backup's hand. So I, I love the idea of going wide receiver, wide receiver with my first two picks and then coming back and getting like Leonard Fournette or Marlon Mack as my, as my right. RB1. You sort of supplement, you know. Would you rather have Fournette or Matt? I, I would rather have Fournette. I just think there's really? a higher okay. ceiling in yeah. the offense that he plays in. And especially I do think that he's underrated as a pass catcher. For for those of you that are listening to us on the Fantasy Football Today podcast feed, if you follow all of our mock drafts, Will is kind enough, and I joke with him all the time, but he is kind enough to <laughs> donate his time, which he has a lot of, to, uh, <laughs> to do our mock drafts. <laughs> I like doing mock drafts. It helps me, it helps me learn strategy for my sure. actual drafts. All right, Sean, give us a uh, fantasy hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I feel like the discourse on Twitter makes it kind of a hot take. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to repeat as the number one fantasy quarterback, which I know hasn't been done in a number of years. And I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think your additional statement that you had down here is more important, though. You don't think he's being overdrafted. Yeah, and just to give an example of this, I'm in a keeper league with, uh, you get four keepers, and I was deciding between Nick Chubb and Patrick Mahomes. And I, you know, I was talking to Brinson, and everyone was recommending Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. And this will feed into a question I have later about Nick Chubb, but I kept Mahomes, and I felt a lot more secure about that in the long term, it being a keeper league, and... I mean, I, I understand the regression argument. I get it. I think he will regress. It's just that he can still regress and still be the number one fantasy quarterback sure. by a wide margin. Agreed. Um, and, and I think that's, that's accurate. If you are so inclined to take him over Chubb, that's where I think the keeper versus redraft is, is, is interesting because it's, you know, we talk all the time, mostly dynasty leagues about how the long-term impact of wide receivers is, is there because of the injuries and, you know, how those guys tend to perform and, and the lifespan of their careers. It's the same thing when you factor in what Mahomes should be. I mean, you're going to have Mahomes hopefully for 20 years. You know, I mean, Tom Brady's playing this 20 season. You know, it'd be nice to say right. that you have Mahomes for that. Nick Chubb could be eight games of superstar and then 
nothing, and then who knows what happens next year, or he could be the start of you know something great. So I, it's a, it's an easier decision to make in 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 a keeper keeper league. But um, I think Nick Chubb is headed for a big season. Mm. I think for the first eight games, he could be the best running back in football. What happens after this? I guess this that's is, the wild card. This it, is bleeding into my second. It, it's it's such a wild card, and it could be. Fifty percent of the carries go away, touches go away. It could be ten percent. It could be a hundred percent. I mean, you know, we don't know what Kareem Hunt's going to do and how well Nick Chubb is doing at that point. Will they pull him back? Because you know, I, I think you have the Browns as a potential Super Bowl contender, right? Or playoff contender for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if in fact they're at that point, you know, I don't think undefeated, but let's say you know seven and one, six and two, everything points to them wild card at worst. Do they start to maybe take some work off of Nick Chubb's plate just to make sure he gets to January at 100%? It's a total gamble. But I do think that if your approach to fantasy is I want to be as good as I can from the get-go and then I'll deal with the playoffs later, he's the perfect running back for you. If you're looking at it as I need to figure out what's happening come week 14, 15, 16 for the playoffs, he's probably not somebody you're going to say I have to have him, especially at that fifth spot. The thing with with uh with Hunt and Chubb is like I can't imagine the Browns sign Hunt with that off off the field baggage and taking that kind of PR hit not to use him. See, I oh, feel, I feel no. like they were throwing him a bone. See, I don't see you said that to me, and I don't I don't agree. I don't think that's just the way but the they, NFL they, works. They, I don't think they throw think, a guy I, a bone like that. I think they're a hundred percent going to use him, yeah. but it's to what capacity, you know? And and that's the again I'll say the wild card, you know? It's Trading Duke Johnson indicates that they're planning to use him when he comes back because, you know, as much as they may like Hilliard or they may have some other plans down the road to seeing, you know, okay, these are the guys that are going to get cut in the NFL, you know, the Kenneth Dixons of the world, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, uh, LaShawn McCoy is somebody that they explore, you know, who knows what, whatever they look at as a, as a secondary option that they made the move to get rid of Duke Johnson. One, because they feel comfortable Nick Chubb could be a three down back. Two, because they know coming in the second half of the season, they have the 2017 leading rusher sitting on their bench. So they're going to use him, but that's the the gamble that you're taking, you know, is Nick Chubb's eight game head start going to help your fantasy team enough that the second half of your fantasy season could potentially be ruined. Would you go Nick Chubb or Joe Mixon? I have Nick Chubb after the big four. So for me, he's fine. Okay. I, I, I just look at well, it again. I'm going to go. I have written down here. Nick Chubb will finish as a top five running back in both PPR and state. Yeah. We you know we've been doing a lot of bold prediction stuff on CBS Sports HQ. And that's one for me is that for the first eight weeks of the season, he's the best fantasy running back. Mm. Would you go? And this is because I think this is a big conundrum for a lot of people at the beginning of the second round. Nick Chubb or Julio Jones? That's format specific. Okay. So if you're talking PPR, I basically go four running backs and then every receiver in the NFL and then the next running back. You know? right, so right, it's right. just a matter of what you're getting from, for me, it's Devontae Adams, but you know, Hopkins, Adams, Julio, I think those three guys are almost untouchable. And then it's that next group of guys, which I think are also pretty good yeah. of. Well, Nick Chubb or Odell Beckham then? Um, again, it's format. PPR, I'm okay. taking Odell Beckham. Okay. Circling back real quick to Mahomes, if there is, I don't, wondering your thoughts on, but did we just tangent by accident? Yeah, but, but the Chubb was my second. Yeah. Uh, well, that was question, decision, and so I, we, yeah. we married it together. But with sure. with Mahomes, I mean, do you think? So I didn't tangent. You tangent. Yeah, I tangent. Wow. Well, no, I was being more effective because I combined my two That's questions right. into okay. one. Whatever, so you, whatever, whatever else you sleep. But he did what every good person that plays fantasy does. They uh, made it about themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, on this league I drafted this week. Uh, no, but I mean, I think I don't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Mahomes is the top overall yeah. quarterback. I don't think it would be shocking. I wouldn't be surprised if he went 4,500 yards and, and, and 40 touchdowns. To, to Sean's point, which is the way a lot of people draft is if he's the number one quarterback, he's the number one player. And so right. if he's the number one quarterback, 
by the distance that he was last year, then it's worth taking him in the first round. You said he's going to regress. That's the question. Is Does he regress to the point of where he's 50 points better than the second guy? Or is he five points better than the second guy? And then is the second guy who we all think it's going to be the second guy because it's either Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I was just going to ask you, who do you think the second guy is? For me, it's Rodgers. Uh, and, and this is another one where format changes. If it's four points for passing touchdowns, I think Watson gets a bump because I think his rushing will sort of give him a little bit of an edge. But, you know, I, I and I'll probably do this until he retires. I, I always think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come off of a bad season with a big year. Um, I was a little bit swayed, I think, you know, and we all get this. Um, talking to Devontae Adams at the Pro Bowl and he said, you know, basically, the, the description in my mind is if you remember Brian Cox walking into Buffalo as a member of the Miami Dolphins with his middle fingers raised in the air. <laughs> uh, that's how Devonta Adams kind of described Aaron Rodgers to the NFL. He's coming out with guns blazing saying, don't forget about me. You can pump up Mahomes all you want to. Baker's a new hot toy. I'm still the best quarterback in football. And now I have a new head coach, a new system. I'm reinvigorated and he may have one of the best weapons around him that he's ever had before you know if these two young kids in terms of mvs and and geronimo allison step up to the level i think a lot of people are expecting yeah well, just looking really quickly and this is kind of hard to do because he's no longer in the player pool but um like if i go back and look at stats brian only, cox no he's no longer no no but, <laughs> well but Pey- so peyton manning right mm-hmm. one of uh, i think what three guys that are one of three to throw for 50, 50 and for 5,050. Yep. Did it in 2013, uh, and then came back in 2014. Had you know, he was the number four quarterback after he was number four. Yep. In 2014, he was mm-hmm. number four. Yeah. So after the fifth, yeah. and like a big key difference, obviously, is you know Peyton Manning started to age at that point. Hundred percent. And the next year, he was terrible and was getting bad for yeah, Brock I mean, Osweiler. He, he definitely threw for 47, 4,700 yards and 39 touchdowns. So that's, you know, kind of the conversation. I think the yards for Mahomes will be in that range. You know, 4,700, I think, is fair. Uh, can he be 45-plus touchdowns? You know, and that's yep. the key. Does he go from 52 total to 45 total, or is it more of a decline? Is it, you know, Brady had the huge drop-off if you skip the year, you know, yep. skip the ACL year. But, again, it's hard to say. It's a fair comparison. And the other thing where Gresham could work is his interceptions. I think if you look at Football Outsiders' adjusted his interception, number, he number was – yeah. which makes sense because he was throwing deep and throwing into some tight windows, and mm-hmm. you're going to get the turnover-worthy plays, but you're also going to get, you know, the 50 possible touchdowns. But if his interception rate goes up, then, you know, to your point, that could also – There there are a number of things. You know, I mean, we still don't know if uh, you're going to get 16 games out of Sammy Watkins, which would help him. Are they going to be a little bit more run-based – you know, it's hard to say because they had Kareem Hunt at the start of last season. Are they going to use Carlos Hyde, who's a little bit more of a plotter, if he makes the team? You know, does the additional speed help? You know, Miko Hardman and Darwin Thompson are just, you know, it's crazy. lightning bugs. You know, so there's... And by the way, just for the record, I mean, the Tyreek Hill thing is, he's not suspended. But I mean, like, it's still all out on the table. I mean, the NFL said if new evidence right. comes, I mean, like, that's at least it, out It'd be there. a surprise. Yeah, it would sure. be a surprise. And, and, happen, and sure. they had, you know, the luxury of, uh, you know, everybody offensively staying healthy for the most part last yep. year. You know, no so, so we'll see. It, it's just, I think if you're, if you're banking on Mahomes being 4,540, then he's in the first round conversation. You know, most fantasy analysts are going to tell you wait on quarterback because yeah, the yeah. position is deep, but there's a reason why his average draft position is ninth you know i mean it's yeah. just because people get overly excited about him and and they should he's a great player and it, um, it does help again he's paired with andy reed which to me is yeah, like sure. the easiest like we're talking about rogers potentially being the two we still don't know what matt lafleur right. is going to be right yeah uh speaking of unknowns in the quarterback position and a guy i would rather draft than patrick mahomes at their average draft position and a guy i think is my bold prediction will be a top five fantasy quarterback this year lamar jackson 
I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, and I, I think this is another one where scoring matters, you know, yep. because in four points for passing touchdowns, I would take him in, in the top five. In six points, it's going to be a matter of where the Little passing yards get yeah. to. Uh, I like our projections from his passing totals, sports lines projections on, on, on our website. Uh, over 3,000 yards, I think that's big, you know, and, and it's funny because we're talking about a guy just through 5,000 yards, but <laughs> no. 2,000 yards difference. But the question becomes is where's the ceiling on his rushing numbers? So if he gets to right around where he was last year, which is, you know, a little shy of 700 in only seven starts. Now he granted, he, granted he played more than just the seven starts, but if he can be 3,000 and 1,000, He's going to break quarterback scoring, <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in, and if his passing gets even better. If he, plays, if he plays 16 games, he's going to outscore Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if I can say that confidently. No. But if he plays 16 games and runs. If he runs, if he runs for 1,000 1, yards and he can get close to 4,000 passing yards, then he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Um, Lamar, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round? Or Lamar Jackson in the tenth round. I'm always going to take the lesser of the two if I like the the second guy. You mean the the the, lo, the, the, the lower of the yeah. two, the cheaper of the two? Yes. I drafted this weekend. I drafted Rogers in the fifth round, and I'm sort of. I mean, I, I went zero RB, so I mean, it's it's fine. Like I got a bunch of mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny, Daryl Henderson, you know, David Montgomery, a bunch of guys talking who, about your own team. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right, right. Well, I hope we'll pop, but I mean, like Rogers in the fifth round felt like a good value to me. But I think this is the importance, and you guys preach, you guys have been preaching this for years, but it's like, even Rodgers in the fifth round, I mean, I was looking at it later, it's like, I could have gotten Lamar in the tenth round. I'd just rather yep. have that. I'd rather wait and pile up running backs and, and wide receivers. I, I, every league is different. You know, there are, there are plenty of leagues where people have to take two quarterbacks, and especially if you have 16 uh, roster spots, 17 roster spots, you know, it's yep. easier to take two guys. But if that's the case, and you like Lamar Jackson, you like Kyler Murray, you like Jameis Winston, you know, some of these... I'll say unproven guys, you know, whether it's, you know, Winston just not doing it for 16 games or the two younger quarterbacks, you can still come back and take, they should be available. Guys like Phillip Rivers, Mitchell Trubisky. I think Sam Donald's going to have a good season. You know, he's a, he's a good number two quarterback. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, they're not sexy. They're not going to be difference makers for you. But if, to your point, Will, if you've built this amazing roster, your quarterback should be a complimentary yep. piece and not necessarily the difference-making piece while you're competing against somebody like Sean who's got Patrick Mahomes and hopefully a stacked roster as well, but you may have had to sacrifice some things by taking Mahomes early. It's funny because I've always been on that train where like I will get Stafford and stream him against you know a team yeah. and then drop him, and this was I just happened to stumble across Mahomes last year. Sure. And now but I've the- always been anti that. Take the quarterback. I'm, I've always been. You take but the quarterback. That's like late. You, you talk about the draft position. It's like, it's man, it, if you if you own Mahomes last year, or you, I mean, spent any time watching Mahomes, it is hard not to fall in love with right. And and, and that's Mahomes. the other aspect sure. to yeah. balance of fantasy is sometimes you do want to pick players that you have fun watching and 100%. you want to root for, oh, and he's the most fun player to so, but, watch. But, but to tie it all in, Mahomes was not necessarily a late pick, but he was a late pick. You know, yeah, yeah, no, he exactly. was. He he was ranked anywhere from I think you know I'm trying to think where our guys had him. I think I had him at one point as high as eight. I think I probably settled around ten. He was going seventh, eighth round, seventh, eighth, ninth but, round. But but by definition of quarterbacks in most regular drafts, he was most, late. That that's that's late. Absolutely, mm-hmm. no. That's when you want to try and target your quarterback. Uh, I mentioned that I drafted this weekend David Montgomery, my heard. first first running back taken. Sean, do you have a take on David Montgomery as our resident Bears honk? I do. I don't. I don't think he's going to be fantasy startable this year. And I like him as a player. And I think in real life he's going to help the Bears a lot. I just don't see any way this Bears offense gives him enough touches, mm-hmm. and especially with Tariq Cohen there. They signed Mike Davis, who I think is going to be an important piece of that offense. 
So I love I love him in real life. I think he's going to make them better. I just can't see any way I'm drafting him and starting him ever. It's funny because he's one of those very polarizing guys at this point. Uh, and my two colleagues, Dave loves David Montgomery, and Heath is a little bit hesitant, the, similar to the you. industry is all over the like Brad Evans of Yahoo loves him, yep. like loves it. Like, loves we'll take him. him in the third round, but like it's just wild to see these variations. Right. I, I think the thing with Montgomery is what his role in the passing game will sort of solidify if you're right or if you're wrong, because if he's going to take Tariq Cohen off the field in significant situations then he's going to be successful because I think Mike Davis will take away some touches. But if you're looking at the 250 carries that Jordan Howard left, 200 should go to Dave Montgomery. Right. And in those 200 carries, he should be successful. If the team's successful, Will I think has them, you know, missing the playoffs and regression. Total, regression. Yes. total regression. Just because. So, uh, but in, in the case of what his role in the passing game, I think this is where people got really encouraged by the first preseason game when he had the three catches and he looked good in space. If Tariq Cohen, Loses the five receiving touchdowns and he had 170 total touches last year. If that, you know, is, is where you're able to get some wins from David Montgomery, then I think his fantasy value will make him a startable option. So to, it, it, it's always about value at this point in the year. We you know where you're drafting these guys and, and, you know, Heath, um, Heath, uh, like Brad, for example, is, is very gung ho about him and, and it's easy to see why. But for me, if I can get him in that round five range, yeah. that's the spot I'm excited about him. If I have to go early to middle of round four, it feels a little bit like a reach. I guess my my concern is I don't know why the Bears would want to have David Montgomery replace his touches, his receptions, replace Cohen's receptions because sure. I don't know can he even upgrade to Cohen in that area. I think as you're right, he's going to get you know 200 carries. I think that's fine. But I don't know why the Bears would be incentivized to take Tariq Cohen I mean, off the field. Why is it just 200? Situations. I mean, like, Jordan Howard had 250. And he was well, that's what I'm saying. Mike, well, Mike, they didn't have a Mike Davis last year. So Davis comes in and takes Davis, I feel like Davis, I feel like, is a more. There, there are a lot of people that think if you want the best value of the Bears running back, it's Davis, right. just because in case Montgomery struggles as a rookie or something happens to Cohen, he could do it both. The one thing I think that's different for Montgomery is, and, and to your question about Cohen, they don't get predictable when he's on the field yeah. if he's a role yeah. if he has a role as a pass catcher. When Cohen's on the field, you kind of know that they're going to be throwing more times than not. Right. When Howard was on the field last year, they're running more yeah. times than not. So if Montgomery can be closer to a three down back, then they're in great shape. Rank these four guys: David Montgomery, Derrick Henry, Tevin Coleman, Austin Eckler. PPR. Sure. Half. You want to be fair. half? Yeah. Half. I will take Coleman first. Wow. Okay. Montgomery second, Henry third, and Eckler fourth. I, I'm not in on Derrick Henry this year. I'm I'm so concerned about just you know chasing the four games from a year ago. He was so amazing in those four games, but everybody forgets the first twelve. It's just not going to be like that over sixteen games. It, it's impossible. He to would be. be like Emmett Smith and Walter Payton had a baby. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just not going to um, happen. You know, you're talking about a guy that's non-existent in the passing game, and so in this you know any format that rewards receptions. He loses already before he you had 60 fantasy points in week 14. 60. Right. Like the top running back is coming out with 300. Right. And, and, and it's, not... it's all of a sudden like it woke him up. Like, you know, all, yeah. you know, like when somebody dies and they give you the paddles, like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. to him at that point. Um, I remember our, our former colleague, Nick Costas was debating Derrick Henry or I forget who the other running back was. And I remember telling him like Henry's, you know, short week, always good for running backs. Uh, you know, who knows what the Jaguars are, but it's just so hard to trust him. And I don't think I, you know, gave him a definitive answer. Yeah. I may have even told him to go. But the he other, blames other you. He blames you. No, no, he won. He ended up winning oh, that good, week. Good, but good. Um, it was one of those things where 
like his start percentage that week was like under 20% because nobody yeah. could trust him in the so, first week. Somebody won the Millie Maker on, in, or like, somebody won a million dollars on Daily Fantasy by using Derrick Henry that week. Almost. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten them because that was a Thursday night game. So it would have been. Oh, uh, you're right. The, somebody the, won a bunch of money contest, on the Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, I, another running back that is, uh, near and dear. I think, well, I'm sorry. Just, uh, no, sorry. Tevin, Tevin Coleman's very underrated. I think he's going to be really good in San Francisco. I just drafted him in our NFL league nice. with Princeton. Did we make fun of you for that? No. RJ actually got mad at me. Oh, okay. So. Were we did on like the rap or something? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, oh, man. I was hoping you would make it back to me. Oh, well. Um, J- here's a, here's a hot take for you. This is a this is a scorching hot take. Jalen Samuels and Vance McDonald will each have more touchdown receptions than Antonio Brown. Each, each. I thought about doing combined. I was like, that's not hot enough. I, I need mean, flaming hot. It it could happen if he doesn't play. Exactly. Uh, McDonald wouldn't shock me. Now he's got a career high of four, so it would have to be a big leap. Yeah. To come down from Brown's fifteen from a year ago, but there's so many targets and. Points available in the Steelers' offense that I'm gonna be really curious to see what they do because James Washington has just been phenomenal through the first two preseason games. And are you buying James Washington? No, not yet. But I do think that if I'm looking at it from I want the most talent on the field, I was always a big Dante Moncrief guy, and he's only 25 years old, 26 actually. Yeah, he's he's really young, but he just he never puts it together, and so. You know, it's it's not fair to say Moncrief stinks just because Washington has done well with the third and fourth team guys. But, you know, he just looks electric right now. And so will that carry over to the regular season? But I think McDonald's in a great spot. You know, um, he's uh, he's one of two tight ends that I was really excited about that we've yet to see anything. And so it's kind of who's, cooled off a little bit. The other one would be Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah, um, for, sure, for sure. And, you know, both those guys really have uh, cooled off a little bit after strong preseason hype what you know whatever now's a good time to buy him a hundred percent and uh i i think there's there's still a lot to like about mcdonald you know i mean um last year career high targets catches um and and yards just the touchdowns were a little bit capped but no brown no jesse james i don't think jalen samuels and vance mcdonald can both have success i think they will combine i think i I legitimately believe they will combine to outscore to have more touch perception receiving touchdowns than antonio i think that would have to take a james connor injury for that to happen for samuels maybe I think they can put him on the field. I think they'll use them a lot in the red zone, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Sean will unleash more blowtorch, uh, scorching hot takes. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, this is uh, the Pick 6 Podcast Takeover on Fantasy Football Today. And uh, by the way, I am thrilled, Jamie, thrilled to tell you, not you, you already know about it, but I'm thrilled to tell our listeners, your listeners, everyone's listeners, about the Fantasy Football Telethon 2.0 that is airing this week. What is it, you might ask? A great question. It's six hours on Thursday, starting at noon Eastern time, of Jamie, me, Sean, Roddy White, Ryan Wilson, Eddie Lacy, you know, just a bunch of old friends hanging out together, answering fantasy questions uh, and getting you ready for your drafts. Danny Cannell will be there, Brian McFadden, Dwayne Bowe will also be there. Uh, The fantasy footballers are going to join in, uh, friends from the industry, uh, like Jake Seeley is going to be there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A bunch of of guys. And um, colleague uh, Nathan Zagura. Yeah, Nathan Zagura is Nando. Nando DeFino. Nando DeFino, the great, the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure and tune in. And even better, it's for a great cause. St. Jude, we will raise a bunch of money. Last year, we raised like 10,000 bucks. More. How much was it? Like 12? 13. 12, yeah. Um, I'm under the impression, I'm going to be dressed up as a famous 80s uh, character. Okay. What are you going to dress as? Uh, a not famous fantasy analyst. You're famous. Uh, Sean, what do you think would be better? We have a professional wrestler, Eric Young, from the WWE joining us to... A, put Will in a sleeper hold. <laughs> B, I believe his uh, signature finishing move is I've to... I've never seen Sean this excited. ...is to come off the top rope with a flying elbow. Or C, um, when we're done with the telethon, right right before we go off the air, we clear off the table on the phone bank, and Will gets body slammed through the table. Is there an all of the above? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can see all of this happen. This, this wrestler is going to destroy me once per hour, apparently. Uh, and you can watch it on CBSSports.com or... Through the CBS Sports app on your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, or Apple TV. It's going to be a blast. And, and, and Dave, Richard, and Adam Azer will uh, compete in a pizza eating contest. They will? Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave's going to smoke him. I don't know. No way. Azer's like, Joey, like Joey eat, Chestnut. He's it, like small. But is it eat pizza stature. fast or eat the most pizza? Eat pizza fast. Oh, uh, yeah. Azer could get him there. Mm-hmm. I can see Dave like choking on a pepperoni or something. Um, <laughs> Sean. Leave that one alone. <laughs> Sausage, uh, Sean, you're uh, you're up on the clock for a uh, fantasy hot take. We're going to rip through a few more, and then uh, Jamie and I are going to go compete in a industry mock draft that mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, David Johnson has number one running back potential. I hope you're right. I really do. I'm so concerned after watching the Cardinals the first two weeks, and I know it's hard to you know look at two weeks of preseason and say this is what their offense is, but. That offensive line scares me. It really does. And, you know, like I was, I was all in on the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray hype. Um, I, I feel bad backtracking off of it after seeing what happened against the Raiders and, you know, a little bit what happened in the first game against the Chargers, but I'm just concerned. And, you know, uh, David Johnson's a star. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about it, but playing out of the shotgun, I don't think suits him best. You know, I think he's one of those guys that you just have to get the ball in the passing game as much as possible. And I don't know if they're going to do that to the level that we saw once upon a time with Bruce Arians. So, uh, he's still worth taking a chance on late first round, early second round. Um, there's that group of running backs, you know, we kind of talked on uh, about a few of them, but Chubb and James Connor, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, he's in the mix with all those guys. For me right now, he's at the back end of it. But, uh, I think if, if you believe in David Johnson, which everybody should still, this isn't a don't draft David Johnson, uh, statement by any stretch. Um, you might want to either trade down in the first round 
or if you are picking at the back end, you know he's a great target for you with the late first round pick. Heath and I talked about this on the Pick Six podcast because uh, we did fantasy on there too. On uh, earlier, I guess it would be the Tuesday episode. We're recording this on Tuesday, so maybe same day. Whatever. The point being is that I'm with Heath. I think I'm out on David Johnson, just out completely. And one of the things that concerns me is that even as like, even though this defense could be terrible for the Cardinals. Um, and it could lead to them being down and having to throw the ball and dump plenty of dump offs to David Johnson. And I get it. And, and Kingsbury's offense at Texas Tech had tons of running back targets. Mm-hmm. I get, I get all that. Uh, the offensive line is a problem. And also they're not playing in the big 12 anymore. So if you're like, if, if you're the opponent you're playing, let's say they're playing the Rams and the Rams are up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. The Rams aren't going to keep bombing touchdowns knowing they have to just outscore right. somebody. Right. The Rams are going to shift down. And they're going to melt clock and they're going to pound the ball and they're going to do that for the rest of the game. And it's going to shorten it. I just, I think we could see like the, like the Chip Kelly teams that ran a bunch of plays in Philadelphia had good run games, mm-hmm. like good straight up run games. And I just don't know if we're going to see that from Arizona this year. And it worries me. It's, it, it's also, uh, you know, I, I think a matter of the NFL got the chance to see it with Chip Kelly. You know, so there's right. an adjustment that's already happened that it's not going to be like, what is this? Well, also, like, this isn't like the RG3 scenario where they're, they're playing possum and, you know, like doing the preseason and not showing anything. And then they whip out the read option. Like mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury can't, I mean, he can do stuff that's like different, sure. but he's not going to break anybody's brain with something they've never seen before. And he's, he, I mean, the track record suggests he's not successful. Dude, I mean, you know, he lost to Iowa State with Patrick Mahomes. He went 35 and 40 at, he had, at Texas. He had Mahomes. And he went 35 and 40 and lost to Iowa State. Right. I mean, the fact that Say Mahomes wasn't loud. in contention for the top pick, you know, he you, 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 would, you, would think, yeah, you would think that with a good coach, he would have, with that talent, that he should have been in discussion for the number one pick where the Bears should have been trading up for him and not Trubisky. The thing about David Johnson that I feel like we kind of forget because it's been, 2017, you know, the first half or third quarter, he gets hurt. Last year, I think we can kind of just wipe that away. And by the way, he was still, I think, the 10th ranked running back Number 10. last yeah. year mm-hmm. for a terrible year. He was still, you know, decent or startable. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing that I feel like we forget is. It wasn't very fun to start it. No, it doesn't. He doesn't need to catch, you know, swing passes the way most running backs get receptions. I really still think he's the best route running wide receiver. And if you go back to 2016, he was running the kind of routes that receivers usually run. So I, I feel like. You know, despite Cliff Kingsbury's shortcomings, I feel like he's going to find a way to be able to use him more than just, you know, running it up the middle, which, you know, the Cardinals don't have a good offensive line. That's a concern. They can spread him out out wide and he can take on defensive backs, you know, and slants and all that. So that's where I like his value. And I feel like because it's been now two, three years since we've seen it, that we kind of forget that this guy isn't like. He's not even like Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell is catching a lot of swing passes and sure, stuff like that. Sure. He's actually running wide receiver routes mm-hmm. um, that other running backs simply can't do. So that's why I feel like well, he's Bell healthy. Le'Veon Bell lines up out wide. He, he did. I, here's my concern is like, all right, let's go back and look. I mean, like, is he going to get 100 targets? No. I mean, what's his max on targets in Cliff Kingsbury's 80. offense? Because he got 120 with Bruce Arians when he, when he was the breakout star. If he gets 80, I mean, he had 76 targets last year and averaged 8.9 yards per catch. So like even if you extra, even if you say all right we're going to give him 80 yard, or 80 targets and let's say 60 catches and he averages 10 yards a catch I mean that gets you to 600 
But like, is his touchdown percentage going to spike? Is he definitely going to average four and a half yards a carry? I don't think so behind that line. It's it's hard to say. I I still think there's a lot to like about him. You know, this isn't a write off David Johnson scenario by any stretch. Bury him. No, but I like David Johnson. you know, there are people that still you know believe like Sean does, and understandably so that he could be the best guy in fantasy. I I, I hope to see it. I really do. All right, uh, here's my hot take: Dalvin Cook is going to lead the NFL in rushing. He's got to stay healthy. Sure. I mean, really By the way, does. David Johnson, we didn't even mention that. It, not it, hadn't always been healthy. Uh, well, he's had one. He he's had one. He broke a bone. You know, one year. I mean, I don't now? think that's like an injury prone label. He played in sixteen yeah. games last year. Two thousand fifteen wasn't his. He played in all sixteen games. It wasn't his fault. He wasn't being used his rookie year. Why do you like Dom Cook so much? <laughs> well, so the Vikings drafted this guy. I haven't heard. <laughs> no, no, I'm I glad just, you picked up. I, I, I know. I knew what you were doing. Um, I, I just, I think that when you look at what the Vikings did, going out and signing Gary Kubiak, bringing mm-hmm. him in to operate this zone blocking scheme, and they have Garrett Bradbury who ran at center. It moves Pat Elf onto guard. It strengthens the offensive line as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, all those guys, you know, Garrett Bradbury at State ran at NC State ran ninety percent of his snaps last year in the run blocking were in zone blocking schemes. Dalvin Cook at Florida State ran a zone blocking scheme. Um, Kirk Cousins came up into the NFL running that Kubiak Shanahan offense. Sure. You have, I like, I just, the idea of Mike, Mike Zimmer wanting to run the ball and then using play action to keep d- defenses honest and having Thielen, Rudolph, Irv Smith, and Stefan Diggs flooding the field as Kirk Cousins bootlegs. I think it's going to be tough for teams to defend. I think it's going to set Dalvin Cook up. If he, it, look, he's got to play 16 games. I get it. But I mean, towards, I mean, like, he came out of the gates firing his rookie year. And oh, then, those first four games, even the game he tore his ACL. And then great. he tore his yeah. ACL. And people just forget that it's not easy to come back from an ACL. Right. Team. We get spoiled by Adrian Peterson. I, yeah. I think there's, there's, there's clearly a lot to love. You know, a defense that's going to keep them in close games so they can lean on their run game. Uh, you know, despite what Pete Prisco says about Kirk Cousins, you know, curling up in the fetal position, you know, he's still a capable quarterback in the regular season to, you know, keep this offense. I bet on, I bet on him to win the MVP. It's 47 to one. It's good odds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the offensive line is huge, but you know, he's played 30, he's been in the NFL for 32 games. He's missed 17 of them in terms of cook. Uh, the other part of it is, you know, it's funny. This is where NFL and fantasy sort of differ. Uh, Alexander Madison is worth investing in with a late round pick because sure. he's most likely the backup. I wish it would be Mike Boone, but, um, he was a bad draft pick. I mean, he's just not a very good, not a very talented running back. And, you know, you would think that they'd have a little bit more want for somebody with a higher ceiling than, than I think Madison. So he could be a good fantasy option because of the carries that he may get if Cook goes down. But uh, if they had a better, more talented running back behind Cook, I'd be a little bit more concerned if him coming off the field. I think Dalvin Cook, if he plays 16 games, could be a star. Wow. Uh, Sean, got one more you want to lob out there? Uh, let's go with Emmanuel Sanders, top 20 wide receiver. Ooh. I mean, after Monday night's game, he may be number one. <laughs> you know, just, that's an amazing story. You know, if he, if he could stay healthy, you know, it, it, there are two guys in the news that have dealt with Achilles injuries of late. And I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. Yeah. Deontay Foreman, who tore his Achilles in the 2017 season, could not play at all in 2018 and just got, you know, placed on in, or was released right by the Colts. They didn't put him on his reserve. Yeah. They, they cut him. Um, with a bicep injury, but you know, just talking about a, a career that got derailed by an injury. And then here's Emmanuel Sanders in December towards mm-hmm. Achilles. And he comes back that at age 31 <laughs> that end around for 19 yards uh, was impressive. He had a 45 yard catch called back against the 49ers. I mean, it, I, my eyes were popping on my head, just thinking about how good he could be. And he was really good last year. You know, the, 
he was the, he was like one of the biggest fantasy steals of the year. Amazing, you know. Yeah. And and uh, I I've always you know kind of been a little down on Emmanuel Sanders uh, just because of some of the guys that he's played with, and you know he always seems to have big games when you don't expect it, and and struggles when you want him to play well. But he played 13 games last year or 12 games last year. Uh, seven of them he had 13 or more PPR points. He was really good. And it's such a young receiving core. You know, Sutton and Hamilton in their second seasons, Fance a rookie. If you're Joe Flacco, who are you going to lean on? You know, so makes makes a lot of sense to – first off, if you were – anybody who's drafted right now, pat yourself on the back for taking Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. I was in a draft this weekend, speaking of uh, talking about my own drafts. Um, <laughs> uh, it's guys I play softball with, and one of the one of my buddies says, well, this is a guy Jamie doesn't like very much, and he took Emmanuel Sanders. I was like, you know, the spot you took him, it was a great pick, and – you know, he's he's got to be thrilled right now with what he's seeing from Sanders and what I think we'll see from Sanders if he doesn't have a setback. That's the only concern I have right now is can he get through 16 games without suffering some sort of... It only relapse. buoys my Joe Flacco is going to burn the world down. It, I mean, it feels like Sanders has been underrated for four or five years now. But, but if you look at his stats since he got to Denver in 2014... Even though he's missed games, he averages almost exactly 1,000 yards per mm-hmm. season and five touchdowns. And yeah. so he, to me, has always been like... The most consistent, like he reminds me a little bit in terms of running backs, like a Lamar Miller, mm-hmm. a guy that's not sexy, but like you put him out there every week, he's going to get you points pretty consistently. I don't know, Will, if you were around when we were in Nashville for the draft, or we were at a table for dinner. You might have been another in the table when Brian McFadden was talking about. Oh, this is a scooter joke or something. No, no, no. The <laughs> uh, the competition between Sanders and Antonio Brown to try and yes, get yeah, I was there. No, okay. I was there. It was, it was yeah. after. It was the great day story about yeah. those two guys competing yeah. to get on the active roster each week and how yeah. that all unfolded. So and they were like best friends. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know they were basically competing for one spot. And so yeah, it seems like Sanders has been around forever. I, I'm I'm I don't know if I can say top twenty, but you know he's got he's got a, certainly a shot. And he went from I think in the fifties in my rankings just because I was skeptical of him playing at sure, this level sure. to into the low thirties, you know? Wow. So if he has another strong preseason and some other guys, you know, no falter, we had a conversation on our, on our podcast uh, with Adam that he's a little bit concerned about DD Westbrook, one sure. of Heath Cummings favorite players. And Did he you know he, that DD Westbrook in um, my Madden simulation led the NFL in receiving yards. Well, I'm sure Heath would love to hear that. I told him. Uh, but on the pick six podcast, which people can listen to, but uh, Adam said he would take, he would take Sanders over DD Westbrook right now, which would be a surprise. Wow. All right. La- last one. Mm-hmm. And very important one. Curtis Samuel outscores Chris Godwin. I mean, it's like making me choose between two of my children. I know. Yeah, I love these two guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think Godwin's setup's a little bit better. You yeah. know, being the slot guy in a Bruce Arians offense. They're, and, they're going kind of the same range now. I guess Godwin's going no, a little bit earlier. No, 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 no. Godwin's a early round four. You never taken. Godwin's early round four. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah. Especially now. It's going to be interesting because you have Mike Evans banged up. So that may increase with the, the love for Godwin. But think about that group of receivers that he's around. Keenan Allen's banged up. Not that he was in the same range, sure. but banged up. T.Y. Hilton may lose Andrew Luck. Amari yeah. Cooper's banged up. Who knows where Antonio Brown's average draft position is going to settle? Uh, some people are either in or out on the Vikings guys, you know, depending on which Rams receivers you like. That's where Godwin's going. And so, um, I don't think Curtis Samuel gets there yet. Had he done anything in the preseason, and it may happen in the third preseason game. He hadn't done, he hadn't done anything in the preseason. In training camp, he's been a monster. Sure. But we haven't seen it on the field. I know, it's just hilarious. That, like, yeah. I haven't seen hype like that guy has gotten in a long, long time. You know, uh, some people tried to, or one of our listeners tried to say that this was Marquise Goodwin last year, getting this type of hype. So, I wonder if that person listens to the, Somebody asked me that, too. It, it may well be. Might be, be a, um, a crossover listener. But... uh 
there's obviously been guys that have gotten a lot of hype before, but it's just like anything you see from the Panthers Twitter feed, from the beat writers in Carolina, another big day for Curtis Samuel. Here's a cat, you know, highlight real catch when he had the joint scrimmage with, uh, or joint practices with Buffalo. Here's him making plays over. Well, no, they're like, this guy's going for a, a thousand yards. And well, it's just not let, a- let me ask you this. How often does preseason success in terms of fantasy translate to with these unknown, you know, up and coming guys, does it, does there a correlation or is it oftentimes overblown? You get the rare Victor Cruz, you know, guy that has big preseason performance, then it ends up being, you know, a, a successful season for him. But I think it's more like, I, I wouldn't put him in an unknown character. Like I, I think the guys you're probably talking about, Preston Williams and Jacoby Myers and guys like that, that all of a sudden, you know, that they're, you know, end of roster type guys that come out of nowhere and get good opportunities. Um, like Adam Thielen once upon a time. All know, right. So I gotta, would you go Tariq Cohen, Austin Eckler, Rashad Penny, or Curtis Samuel? Depends what I need. Probably Eckler though, still. Just given the, the thing about Eckler and the whole Gordon situation is that Eckler, he's startable even if, well, 100%. Comes back. If yeah. Gordon comes back, you can still use Austin Eckler. You wouldn't draft him in the same spot if right. Gordon is there, but, um, yeah, Eckler's still higher. Okay. So. All right. So you, you would take Goblin over Samuel. But which child is which? Which, I, I which one take, is which of your children? I would take both. <laughs> you love That's all your nice children. Thing. You love all your children. Oh, you take four and six. That's right. That's running right. back, running back, mm-hmm. four and six. All right, uh, for Jamie Eisenberg, Sean Wagner Rudolph, I'm Will Brinson. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. As we take over, we'll return tomorrow with your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, the thing that you want to make sure is that th- this was a great show, but you don't want to be too successful because then you'd have to show up at eight thirty in the morning and actually do some work. Will you know, like Adam actually. Spends a lot of time prepping. He doesn't just write like you know a whole little sheet of here of stuff. Oh, we don't we don't normally get this sheet. I don't know if you're <laughs> like this is this is this. Oh is, no, uh, I've done plenty of video show with Will. You'd be like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in we're in uh was is it, it was it no it's Atlanta right with the the Ferris yeah. and they would show these these shots like scenery shots. He's like, whoa, yeah, we're here in Atlanta. There's the Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's going in a circle. Jamie's laughing at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, but I actually have to show up tomorrow. At 8.30 a.m. to be a guest on Fantasy Football Today. So the Work podcast is starting late, then. Means it's going to be uh, either... No. No, X-Factor is going to be here at 8.05 just, just per Azer. Azer the... squeezed me for about 15 or 20 minutes. And... Avoid the cigar bar so your voice is not shot. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. <laughs> um, again, you can check out the Pick 6 podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, we, uh, we do daily NFL content. Big old chunk of mirth, plenty of analysis, lots of fantasy gambling and whatnot. We'll be doing a fantasy week all week long. Dave Richard, Adam Azure are coming in the next few days. The telethon on Thursday. Make sure to check that out and uh, enjoy the rest of your week with Adam Azure.